Welcome to the AAA NFT podcast, all about affordable NFTs, bringing you from zero to 60 in the non-fungible token world without breaking the bank. With your hosts, Andrew, aka Rantum, and George from Mostly Stable on Zed Run, who will help you navigate new projects, interview expert guests, and explore NFT trends. So whether you're on your first or 50th NFT, we're going to have something for you. And as a quick note, we are not, I repeat not, financial advisors, and nothing in this podcast should be taken as investment advice. Alrighty, disclaimer over, let's get to it. This week on All About Affordable NFTs, well, we're talking about a little bit of that IRS potential tax drama, non-fungible taxes. And before I pressed record, Andrew was begging us not to do this theme because I think it's like the least exciting way to talk about NFTs is like, oh, how much money you'll have to um, deal with on capital gains. Fortunately, very few people have to deal with it. So it's mostly about taking <laughs> deducting those losses. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, uh, right. <laughs> That's one important thing to remember. You only get taxed on your gains. So you may <laughs> want to look at how to use some things as write-offs. But <laughs> Especially lately after, oh man, NFT prices have been hurting lately. Post SVB, Silicon Valley Bank, and maybe this latest uh, Coinbase news. We'll get into a bit of that later. But yeah, there's a, it's a lot of headwinds for the crypto industry, I would say. And it is certainly spilling over to, or not that NFTs are, are, are separate, but it's definitely having an uh, effect on NFT prices and activity. Yeah, for sure. You know, we have uh, in in general looking at just like the overall market for, I guess, the the past 30 days, at least it's a little bit up in like total transactions and number of buyers, but like the sales are down 36%, um, which is a lot over this 30 day period. And, you know, even more so if you tighten that time frame, but it's, uh, you know, look, it's still winter. We knew this. Yeah, yeah, we're not through at all. Oh, man. So let's get into just some of the headlines here. Um, you know, I guess we'll start here. We've got, you, you posted this link about some wash trading. Um, and, you know, there's, this has a, a chart over time uh, that's showing the, the massive wash trading that be here, that, that occurred in January, 22, um, should, you know, they do have the chart starting then I would definitely advise that that's not when wash trading started. Um, I also think that this is probably undercounting, um, some of the wash trading that has been reported on recently, or, you know, it, it is compared to some of the other reports that I've read. Crypto slam, uh, recently had a good, uh, Good analysis of some of what they are calling wash trading on the blur platform and that blur uh the blur incentives have really uh, uh distorted what may be considered wash trading there have been many cases where people are actually uh, putting offers in over the listing price because they know that if they make a successful bid they will get blur tokens as reward so it's worth it to maybe pay you could pay 5% over the listing price if you expect to get 10% back in, uh, in Blur rewards. I mean, there's a 5% uh, arbitrage value there. 
And that's really distorted what may be considered wash trading. Uh, there's, there's definitely, that's a big, uh, movement in, in among whale collectors as well. Maybe dumping, um, dumping or, or picking up by, you know, by, by the dozen or hundreds even. Um, so, you know, this is, we know that this is out there. We know that, um, it's, there's no, I should say there's no real single one definition. And I think that's one of the things that makes it really hard to, to, to track all the time is that the, the, uh, the shape of, of what is a wash trade sort of evolves based on what the incentives are. Yeah, very true. And just for, for context in this article, they're talking about how there was a 126% increase from uh, the previous month. So it went from 0.25 billion as far as they can kind of track mm -hmm. as NFT wash trading to 0.58 billion, which interesting. And I didn't realize this is like back in the looks rare days, you know, back when Meta was cool and friends with NFTs, back then the total amount that they tracked uh, in, in, in amount of wash trading, they said, uh, was closer to like 11.5 billion, right? So I was saying 0.5 billion recently, but 11.5 billion in January of last year. So, you <laughs> yeah, know, I should say one big difference between blur, uh, if it's farming, you know, but blur, you know, these, the, the wash trading here is there's no specific, you don't get the, the tokens immediately for the action. That was the case with looks rare so that traders were getting these, these tokens daily. Or I, I shouldn't say it was immediately. I think it was done daily where you, you were given a share of the, the, the tokens for the day based on your share of the overall trading volume. So whale traders would try to put in the extremely large amounts of trades, expecting to get those tokens back the next day. They roughly knew the value of those tokens, you know, obviously it changed between when they placed the trade and placed their trades and when the actual token distribution is, but with blur, they, the traders don't know exactly what they're going to get. They can see what they are doing compared to the overall volume, but the, the token distribution is at a later time. So it's a harder, it's a little bit harder to know exactly what the, you know, what the payoff will be. So I, I imagine that these are generally traders that are expecting much, you know, these are, these aren't 5% margins as I used an example before. These are generally expected to be bigger margins or else it's, you know, generally not, not worth it. Oh, um, you know, because that, I, not that people can get it wrong or anything, but you know, it's just not worth it for those small, uh, small amounts, especially when the value of the blur token changes by that, you know, in any given day. Oh, you're saying that arbitrage window, the larger the arbitrage window, the, the larger the amount of potential wash trading activity. Yeah. It's just, yeah. it's easier to fly your plane through that hole. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So with that in mind, we've got this next article here about CryptoPunks floor now surpassing, uh, board API club. And uh, this is, I, I think this is benefiting. Let's see, blur trading has maybe hurt and helped, uh, the two, uh, parties here recently. We did have a big whale trader dump a, I can't really call the number, but it's over a hundred, uh, the, uh, board apes. And now, uh, crypto punks are, are on, uh, on blur and the, the prices have risen by about 13%. So they have moved up above it. I think it's up to 74 ETH compared to about 61 ETH for for the board eight floor. I want to say that we have covered that topic and this is one of the, the harbingers of FUD of board ape. And, you know, 
I think the the long term value of one of those projects is going to prove uh, prove itself. And it, you know, this is the risk of those like lard colders. You know, like last week we were talking about how Moonbirds, you know, a giant whale dropped a hundo. Um, and I think I think maybe there's some uh, I can I can draw that thread to maybe certain people are afraid of uh, the tax implications potentially of of gains. There may be some some weird, uh, you know, anticipatory things going on, but I'm really struggling to tie the theme. So you don't, <laughs> you don't hate it. I'm putting it on the list though. It's a maybe, oh, man. maybe driver. What is the SEC doing though? They're, uh, they're busy. They're busy over there. Yeah. They served Coinbase with a Wells notice, which is the a notice that or a, that is usually uh, given before enforcement action is uh, recommended. Um, so it's doesn't look great for Coinbase. They had been in discussions with uh, the SEC for months before this. Uh, their head of legal posted that the they asked for a response from Coinbase back in January, never got one, and Coinbase. Seem, I'm sorry, from the SEC and the SEC uh, seemed to take the stance that they were uh, looking at this more as an enforcement uh, case than, uh, than an advisement case. So the issue here seems to be with staking and, uh, and whether when you stake in, you earn more of a token if that is, uh, if, there are, if this may uh, involve securities, in which case uh, Coinbase would be, uh, would be allowing trading of, uh, uh, as unlicensed to be um, unlicensed securities. I'm sorry. And they're not registered to be doing that regardless. So, um, you know, definitely a bit big problem here. There's all sorts of, man, it just seems like there's one thing after another where the government is trying to crack down on crypto right now, whether it's through uh, on and off ramps through banks or, you know, more direct uh, as in this case with Coinbase, uh, by far the the uh, largest US-based uh, uh, crypto exchange yeah i feel like we gotta blame a little bit uh uh sam bateman freed here for for screwing this up because the sec chairman yeah. gary gensler met not waved at not zoomed met with ftx they say like like literally months before the collapse and there was like questions of, you know, how much FTX had sort of also sprayed and prayed money across politics. Um, mm -hmm. We just, oops, not the right ambassador. What do you think paid for that dinner when they met? <laughs> the tax repair? <laughs> depositors? I think it's depositors. I think, depositors? I think SBF treated well, him to dinner. Depositors in the U.S. government or depositors in FTX? Maybe they yeah. both did. Oh, man. Oh, gross. Like, look, I think the SEC is pissed. I think the government is pissed. They all look like, you know, uh, you know, a bunch of folks that got scammed. And there are ripples there. You know, we saw Signature Bank questionably be closed as part of uh, the crypto crunch and how they're, they're just trying to tighten the screws on this, especially in, uh, you know, taking advantage of opportunities to do so. So, yeah, that's, uh, that's a continuation there. But I don't, that's not, that's not a, a thing that will, like, close Coinbase. There are some parts of their business having to do with staking that are at risk. Uh, yeah. And, you know, like their prime, their earn, their elements like that, like that's what's under fire, not the like legality of whether or not you can trade crypto across that centralized um, exchange. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, they do. Right, they are so. you know facing other challenges. You know, as far as like what banks they can, can go with. But you know, it, exactly, it's not the entire business that's being challenged here. It is the the staking issue. I think there probably are concerns about what tokens are are uh, enabled on their platform. Um, you know, they haven't said specifically. Well, I'm sure we'll learn more. I would think next week. Um, at this point, you know, I don't think that we'll, we'll get anything quite yet, at least as we record this. So, um, you know, it'll come out very before you listen, but before we uh, release this, so so that it's updated. Nice. All right. So we got another uh, another law issue here, just to keep it, you know, along the same line. So this one is a lawsuit um, against Sotheby's and Kevin McCoy by the. Um, let's see, this was I'm trying to get the, the, it was the company that operated Neem Coin. Let's see. The Free, Free Holdings, Inc. Free Holdings, Inc., who operated Neem Coin, which was an early, uh, let's see, an early blockchain that, um, was, I would say more similar to, more similar to Bitcoin, but in that sense, it was, it, it had some of the earliest, uh, NFTs on it. Um, so Kevin McCoy minted an NFT, minted one of his pieces, a, let's see, a quantum Quantum, piece. yeah. Yeah. Then he later minted this on Ethereum. Uh, the Freeholdings Inc. said was trying to claim some ownership over this. Uh, the, the, the court sided with McCoy here and said that, uh, they did not have any ownership of this. I, so I, you know, I, that's that's good. I do find it somewhat interesting is that like, if you can just move a piece from one chain to another, um, you know, is there always, uh, that potential for copied somewhere else, you know, at the same time, I don't see how the blockchain company would, would hold the assets that were created on the blockchain. That seems rather far-fetched to me. Yeah. Ultimately, look, the judge dismissed the lawsuit claiming ownership and, you know, that's, I guess was according to their report here the first known nft minted in 2014 so um you know it was meant to you know exploit an open question about ownership um eh, interesting all right so this next one we've got the pleaser dow is going to be burning their unisox tokens and real socks too so unisox were a an NFT project from the Uniswap DAO. They have the, the tokens, the NFTs could be redeemed for, for real socks. Um, I don't, I can't recall the number of, uh, socks that were initially, um, initially released, but let's see, they, these, as of now, yeah, they're about 42,000 USD, uh, of course sold in ETH. Um, so pleaser DAO, it, it's going to auction off token number 69. Um, and then they will also going to sell their, let's see, they're going to be selling unit blocks, which are inspired by unit socks. There's 2000, you know, so it's, there's, there's all sorts of different things here. Pleaser Dow, um, has, let's say they've made some huge NFT purchases in the past. Um, these, these unit blocks NFTs are going to be sold for 0.1 ETH. Um, let's it then yeah so all if all of these are sold they're then going to burn three pairs of unisocks um on the stream so that would be about one hundred and twenty thousand dollars worth of of tokens so 
Um, you know, an interesting project here, the Unisox project seems to just come up once in a while, uh, you know, and they are held by some, some major early crypto, uh, traders. <laughs> yeah. Well, fortunately there'll be a flamethrower involved. They'll burn real things. They're trying to make it fun. I, I generally think Pleaser DAO is one of those more effective DAOs that are still operating and running and, and trying to build right now, I think. Yeah. All right. So this is cool. Magic Eden has already launched in Ordo's marketplace for Bitcoin NFTs. Magic Eden is hit there. They're moving quickly. I, I'd like to see that there's a you know, an existing marketplace that has integrated ordinals. Um, I've still yet to get an ordinals. I know that, that Coley just recently did a release on on ordinals, so I, that's the one that I need to look into. That's the one that should uh, you know bring me into to the the Bitcoin. NFTs. Oh, you're a big Coley follower. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, and you know, there's there's something here. I think there's you know this is this isn't going away. This is this is really interesting and. Um, you know, I, I feel like I need to, uh, to play around a bit with ordinals. Have you, have you done anything with ordinals yet, George? Well, frankly, I stayed the heck away from them because <laughs> there wasn't a marketplace. I didn't understand how to track them properly, uh, and the value there. And also, uh, with the volatility of, of Bitcoin right now, I, <laughs> I was concerned I'd move over money and something bad would happen. Um, I mean, ironically, yeah, if Bitcoin's I had moved been... it over a while, but. On a tear, which makes me a little concerned to, to get into that. Well, yeah, I might, I might wait. I don't know, say ninety days to see if, uh, huh. that Basel, if see if, yeah, if that pays off. Yeah, Bology. I mean, it's not in our, not in our news, but if his ninety yeah, day Bology worth mentioning, maybe pays pays off. He's he has effectively put up about I think it's two million dollars that in ninety days, uh, a Bitcoin will be worth a million dollars and. As a net result of that, the uh, means the U.S. economy has slipped into hyperinflation and bad things have happened. We'll see. That should be fun, huh? Man. Well, <laughs> well, all right. I'll tune in for that. Reporting uh, directly from the Bahamas. <laughs> all right. So Nike is going to be releasing their Air Force One, a real physical version of this, which I kind of assumed that this was coming. It seems like they really have bad kind of uh, fumble the ball on, on, uh, on this opportunity they had, they were going so well, you know, I hope that this kind of gets things going in a better direction for them. But, you know, I know that this is also going to, uh, bring up the issues of who is actually eligible to, to get these because, uh, you know, certain countries where they, this was an issue earlier where they won't be shipping. So, um, you know, cool. And you kind of see the, maybe some of the, the problems of, um, you know, corporate culture with these, you know, even like the physical corporate culture with uh, digital, um, you know, uh, digital ownership. Yeah, this is the logic. This is the logical connection between the IRL and online components and like reserving your spot. We're seeing this a lot for for other companies as well. Yeah, don't screw it up. Um, how about that? I don't know if it's really helped me in my, my price of my... Uh, my existing Nike uh, NFTs. Yeah. But... Oh, here's hoping. I'll then just get a few uh, more art-based NFT projects coming up that I wanted to mention. I thought some of these look pretty cool. This Trevor Paglin one. This is with Pace Verso, who's done a few drops with Art Blocks. Uh, just 
cool of the project coming up here. So this is, I, I've also noticed that some of these are starting to be covered. Uh, this first one is actually just on NFT culture. Um, these next ones, let's see, Painter Lee Mullikin. Uh, this is in, this was, oh, yeah, this was on Artnet, um, which has run many, uh, many articles that are quite negative about NFTs in the past. So interesting that they seem to be uh, more open to this. The the next article here, Maya Lin, sculptor Maya Lin is going to release an NFT project. Uh, so that's also, I believe, through Pace uh, Verso. Uh, yeah, that is as well. So um, they seem to be, uh, you know, much more open to uh, to the idea when it is somewhat more traditional artists uh, getting into NFTs. You know, and I think that it's a little frustrating that it needs to be that way. And it's also a path to, to, to making NFT art more, uh, more relevant and real to, to traditional art collectors. Yeah. I'm all about that. That's interesting. Where did you, you're just tracking stuff on art blocks where you're seeing this come up? Uh, art blocks, but this art, yeah, just NFT large news alerts and all, you know, just trying to, to keep on top of these. But yeah, definitely some on our blogs that pays for. So Pace definitely is is taking this seriously. They've been this will be maybe their seventh and eighth release. Um so they are seem to be uh, seem to be committing to this. Um I actually forgot to link one article in here. There was one disappointing auction recently in the art world from Sotheby's where they had an auction where the total of the the collection, the NFT collection that went there was about 56,000. So definitely a far cry from what they've done in the past and what they've mentioned when they've uh, punks for, for, I think one was went, went for leave around 10 million, 11 million, something like that. So, um, you know, there was a definitely a different set of artists involved in this one, but, um, you know, a diff- little disappointing in that, in that. Did not see a little bit more interest there. All right. Well, why don't we get on to get on to our, our, our topic here, George? Why don't you lead us into this since, you know, I'm, I'm going to carefully <laughs> navigate my right. way through. As you'll look, as you'll remember, this is not financial advice. However, on that news that the IRS has floated new guidance around NFT classification that in effect would probably increase taxes associated. So here's the landscape. Currently, NFTs are effectively like assets like stocks and bonds and real estate. And generally speaking, it is short long-term capital gains rules, which range depending on your tax bracket of 10 30 to 37%. And frankly, NFTs are, are taxed like, uh, like property and subject to corresponding capital gains. So what the IRS is suggesting now is uh, they be reclassified and they be reclassified as uh, collectibles. And this is important because collectibles can be taxed as high as 28% for high earners compared to the 15 to 20% on the securities for other goods. So depending on your tax bracket, this is you know going to be in play. Now, this is one of those things that's kind of in the back of my mind when I'm seeing these large whales move large numbers of large products that, hey, wait a minute. If I know how the tax rules play out right now for my project and I'm like relatively confident in where the price is right now, the truth is, you know, when they move, they have to move all at once. And there's a little bit of a prisoner's dilemma also potentially 
where let's say if I just move one of them, people are like, wait a minute, this whale that owns a <laughs> hundred of them is, you know, starting to dump. And then that starts to panic. So if you want to lock in your price, you kind of have to move all of them all at once. And also, you know, this may be different than the like, oh, let me wait till the end of the year because this is a lot. Uh, I mean, that's like a lot of assets. I'm sorry. You're moving a hundred board apes. Um, that's, you know, that's sizable. Um, so I think there's a little bit, I don't, I don't think it's, um, I don't think it's random here. Uh, I, uh, I don't know though, perhaps it's other, other motivators such as, Hey, I want to pull, uh, my assets to ETH because I think there's a run or Bitcoin because I think there's a run and it's going to appreciate faster than my board ape now. Um, that could be some of the determinant, but, uh, getting back you know, I don't know. What did, what is your take on that? I would say there's another one. There's like there's the whole headwinds of the crypto industry and saying that could be a bigger concern. I mean, I, to me, it's it seems unlikely that it's the the taxes that would make somebody jump out of a cartoon ape that is based on <laughs> Ethereum. I mean, at that point, if you're talking about, I mean, we're just talking about a pretty small yeah. percentage of what you if if you thought it was if you think it's risky because of added 10% on the gains, mm. you know, mm. probably wasn't, that probably wasn't the right thing to be in to begin with. I mean, again, you know, we know that the price of, of, of the asset can, can fluctuate. I mean, certainly more than 10% in a week and, uh, and the, uh, and the underlying asset, you know, the Ethereum valued in can, can certainly fluctuate uh, drastically as well. You know, it seems to me that the, the fact that you know, maybe it's Coinbase action. Maybe it's some of, maybe it's more of, uh, you know, maybe it is trying to get to, to specific assets. Maybe it is even trying to get to Bitcoin. But I, you know, I see like a ton of different issues. The taxes seem, it seems less likely to me um, as being the the driver of of sell-offs. It certainly, you know, it certainly is a, a concern. You know, then again, you only. You're only being taxed on the gains, um, so you know these. I, presumably, they they do have gains, and they see that it's they're they're they think that these are going to go down in value further. Um, you know, I can see that if these if NFTs just become, you know, I don't understand how, who's going to look through every NFT to decide what it is. It's also hard to say what. I mean, I'm not sure that that provides all that much more clarification for a lot of NFTs. If you're just saying, well, look at what it is. I mean, that's, that's been a lot of the, the problem to begin with is that there are many different interpretations of how to, to classify these. Um, certainly there are people that were already classifying and reporting their, their NFTs as collectibles. Um, there's others that have done it as assets. Um, you know, we, we've seen that they can be, they can represent ownership in other goods. There's. Also, so many, I guess, like so many games that can be played with with burning and creating of new tokens. You know, I, I wonder if those are also then considered in the the, the look through analysis. And that if you burn a token to get another token, is that looking through to that that token was actually another token? So you know, I think there's still a lot of questions here. I do hope that. I hope that somebody that understands these things can, can make a case for why we need, um, I guess, simpler, uh, rules around these. It's, I, you know, I just see that as you, it, it, 
if you make this extremely complicated, it's it's going to to be a hindrance on on NFTs as, as a whole. I think that's the the right summary there. The the reference you're making here to the look through analysis. The look through analysis is a tax classification method that the IRS uses. And to put it in another example, right? Like if an NFT represents the ownership, let's say, of like a stamp. Um, all right, so that's classified as a collectible under the U.S. tax code. Then the NFT would also be classified as a collectible accordingly. So. For instance, the very generous gift of the monkey shoulder NFT you gave me, which correlates to one bottle of monkey shoulder sitting somewhere that maybe someday I will drink, that seems to be, you know, potentially a collectible. But, you know, the moon cat that I continuously um, pet and fawn over, uh, (laughs) that moon cat, like, where's the look through? What are you looking through to? And I think that's the point. It's confusing, and I don't, I, I don't know. Look, the, the IRS, they say that they are currently accepting public comments on NFT tax guidance <laughs> um, expected to be issued after June 19th, 2023. So something tells me we may be revisiting. And, you know, ultimately, this may be a nothing burger. And you're like, I don't know, it's a difference of 10%. And frankly, like, it's a high-class problem if you, if you have something that's, uh, that's gone up. I do think you should pay taxes on you know, NFT gains and things like that. But I think this confusion may decrease demand, not just higher tax rate, but higher confusion, uh, which is maybe one of the downsides that uh, could be be leading to lower prices and lower liquidity. There is one bright side, though, um, just to like dig into the hole here, that it might be an opportunity for innovation. Like if those regulations encourage NFT creators to develop maybe new structures to minimize their tax liabilities. There could be something clever that's that's done um, in the market that, you know, separates from collectible IRL to a differentiated asset and and maybe makes it clear. Uh, but you know what? I, I think again the word the word is clarity. We just, you know, I think need the the war against crypto to resolve so we can learn the rules we're supposed to be playing under and then move forward rather than uh, this sort of, uh, you know, surprise, SEC surprise of the week. Uh, And like, I think there's, there's still more to come. Uh, There's certainly more, uh, more legislation that needs to be set in place. So uh, rock, rocky, rocky road here. Yeah, definitely. So I should mention there's, there were a couple other enforcement actions. I saw that uh, Duke Kwan was arrested just recently. <laughs> yeah, they then, got him. Uh, I think, and then Justin Sun of uh, Tron and all. I think he has been has been charged. Uh, so, man, they just yeah, he, he, just stop. Come on, we can't have more of this. <laughs> just like for a second, think about how wild this industry is. Like three hundred and twenty-two days ago, like this guy, like three hundred, like a year ago, he was putting bets online basically for millions of dollars that, you know, Luna would be at a certain price and just like riding the, riding the wave. Like a year later, what if the real bet was, will you be in prison or not? <laughs> yeah. Like, where's the price? No, like, where, where's your freedom right now? I don't know. I think, I think that's, um, I'm glad to see Interpol finding their man on that one. Uh, you know, that, that gentleman deserves the punishment associated.
with yeah absolutely and i'm not sure what the right man i don't know what the right punishment is for this type of stuff at this point because there's no like the money i have i have a punishment i have have it right what you got he should be forced to continue to create new ponzi's but the net profits of those have to go to pay back the people he already screwed over. Wait a minute. And then <laughs> he gets arrested and you got to create a new Ponzi. So it's like a, a Ponzi. It's a Ponzi, a Ponzi, Ponzi. Ponzi. Yeah, it's a Ponzi and a Ponzi. Um, okay. Sure how this works. Literally just to. Okay. Gotcha. It's all a Ponzi all the way down. Uh, I mean. You know that they, this is actually like, there's like semi-precedent for this. You know, Billy, Billy McFarlane, the fire festival Fire festival. Mm -hmm. Fire festival or fraudster. Say that five times fast. But they, they've technically released him, but he's basically like, he has to like give back a certain percentage of every single dollar he earns. And so he's out there just like, you know, back, back at it under the watchful gaze of the government (laughs) to make back the money. Presumably a very large amount where it only makes sense for him to go for, um, you know, go for the home run, right? <laughs> and he, he may as well Correct. try. And if he fails, he already is in a hole. So. Like what? <laughs> huh. yeah, Billy, it seems like you're running a scam again. That's correct. Yeah. How's it doing? I don't know. It's doing all right. It'd be better if you weren't taking all my money, but I, I'll right? get there. <laughs> I mean, it, does make it, it does seem like it's hard for him to just run a legit operation of any kind it, oh well I, you know <laughs> but i'm just saying there's precedent you could let him back out in the wild see what happens mm-hmm. yep you could <laughs> well i'm glad people are don't come to us for tax advice financial advice or even uh you know legal punishment advice because i don't think any of it is really that actionable yeah definitely don't come for, for nft advice either <laughs> i'd start with that one. <laughs> oh god I just looked at my Nike Dunk pointlet. I got dunked on. No, no signs of life right now for these crypto. How bad? It's bad, man. It's down to point one. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Oops. That's an oops. What happens when? <laughs> when you rug your, your and they don't like it. And you're on the list of how much revenue you brought. It's top of the list of how much revenue you brought in. That yeah. just makes it look like you're taking money out of the system. Hmm. <laughs> Oops. Yeah. I mean, here, my, my previous, uh, thought of like, oh, wait a minute. They're like brand is associated with the value of this thing. I, apparently they don't care. Yeah. They can just yeah. manufacture it's shoes anywhere. Okay. Hmm. Oh, well. <laughs> I'm learning as I'm a learning organization. All right. How about that? There you go. Well, whatever. My ponies are still fine. They're still they're still moving around, I think. Yeah, right? so you gonna get some of that that Budweiser Zeb Run. Oh, I think I have a Budweiser. Merch. Yeah, I have a I have a Budweiser, Budweiser out, skin. Like. Um, I don't love wearing like a beer commercial on me, but I should get some some Zed swag. Why? Just you watch. This will make a they'll they'll come back. Maybe. Alrighty. Uh, anything else to share? I mean, oh yeah, we were gonna have Vitalik on, but. No, we don't have enough time, do we? He's calling in right now, but oh, I'm sorry, Vitalik. I, I don't know if we have time for you. Ah, well, we'll get you next time, though. 
As always, Andrew, thanks for the thoughts, and I'll see you out there. This has been an episode of the AAA NFT podcast, all about affordable NFTs. The episode notes and resources may be found at 3ANFT.com in our show notes. Again, 3ANFT.com. And that reminder, don't bet what you can't afford to lose. Remember, we are not financial advisors and nothing in this podcast should be taken as investment advice. Thanks for joining us. I hope you learned something.